last, I don't know, couple years, maybe not that long, <laughs> but uh, Matthew chapter 15. Uh, if you remember, Jesus has finished uh, teaching some huge number. The Bible calls it a multitude of listeners were there. And uh, while he was there, some Pharisees had showed up from Jerusalem. You remember at the beginning of the chapter and they had a question for him about transgressing the commandment of the elders by eating without washing their hands. And uh, so Jesus didn't answer the question. I like how he does that a lot. He doesn't answer their question, but he turned around and asked them a question. And he says, is it right uh, to transgress the law? You are worried about transgressing the commandments of the elders, but what about transgressing the law? And what were they doing? Well, they were uh, taking uh, under the law. They needed to provide for their parents in their old age. And and I am very happy that all of our kids make way more money than we do. And I have this great hope that we'll have nice nursing homes someday. And I'm trying to be nice enough to them so that happens. And and uh, it's hard sometimes. And uh, so we're, we're looking for that. <laughs> but uh, Jesus has told them um, that, that you remember that in the law that I'm, I'm trying to get my thoughts back here because I got off track and I shouldn't have that that uh, they're to take care of the parents. And so what they were doing to skirt the law was to say, well, all of our money, all of our possessions, all of our belongings, well, they're a gift unto God. They're a gift to a temple. They are set aside. They are dedicated, per se, to God. That So therefore, I mean, I can't use this money for my parents because it's dedicated to God. But they would still use the money for themselves, right? They were just getting around, skirting around the law. So Jesus said, is it is it worse to... Eat with unwashing hands, what's the problem? Or or to uh, transgress the law. And what did he call them? Hypocrites. Ouch. <laughs> he said, you hypocrite, right? You, you, I, okay, my disciples may transgress the commandments of men, but you are transgressing the law of God. And, and he recites Isaiah, uh, over here, Isaiah's prophecy in verses 7 and 8. And, uh, he begins to call upon the multitude uh, to uh, conclude his teaching here that these Pharisees have come unto. And we know what it said over in Isaiah that, that uh, you know, so it's, uh, God was looking for a right, a right heart. And Jesus comes in the conclusion of this teaching and says this, it's not what goes into the body that defiles it, it's what comes out of the body. It is what comes out of the heart that defiles a man. So Jesus is focusing on the heart of man. That wasn't, wasn't that what he did throughout the Beatitudes? Wasn't that what he did? He, he, he said, I didn't come to end the law. I came to fulfill it. And at every point that he, that he taught that of the, of the Beatitudes, it was actually raising it above from a, just a law perspective to a heart perspective. Right. And this is what he's focusing on once again. It is the heart. Look at verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts and murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands, that doesn't defile a man. That's not what it, that's what it is. It's the heart. It's the heart. Watch this. Jesus is more concerned with the moral cleanliness of a 
heart than he is concerned with the ritual cleanliness of the body. He's concerned about the heart. So Jesus has finished up his session and now he's going to move into a new area. I want to just give you a heads up here. There's a lot here in these next few verses. I'm really going to try not to lose you or lose myself in this, but there's just a lot here. And if you'll really stay tuned and stay, stay plugged in here at the end of it, I'm going to, Lord willing, we'll bring it all together and make some application here. But Jesus has now left the scene here with the multitudes. And uh, for some reason, and not many uh, have their own surmisings of why he does this, but for some reason he has left the areas of Galilee and now he has traveled up into the area of Tyre and Sidon. Brother Jim read this for us. We're talking about modern day Lebanon, Sidon or Tyre just being just south of modern day Beirut today. And so here he is up in Tyre and Sidon with his disciples. It's kind of interesting that he would be here. There are some famous residents of Tyre. Some of you may remember King Hiram, the king of Tyre, who is a lover of David. Him and David have a great relationship. And when it came time for Solomon to build the temple, that Hiram was just ecstatic about this. He was ecstatic that, that he had a wise son, that David had a wise son to take the throne after him. And, and Hiram it was who, pro, who provided all of the lumber, the, the timber, the cedar for the, for, the, uh, for the temple when Solomon was building the temple. King Hiram. What about Jezebel? How many remember that name? That's an infamous name that hopefully nobody ever names their child, daughter, Jezebel. You know, there's, you know, that that would be a bad one. Maybe, maybe, maybe you could name your cat Jezebel, but that'd be all right. But Jezebel, she's Sidonian. She was a Sidonian. We know everything about her. But here's another one: the widow of Zarephath that took care of Elijah when uh, he, God sent him up and uh, here it was in, in, in the famine and she took care of him and the, the oil and the, and, the, and the meal never ran out. It was even at another point here that her son was, had died and, uh, and Elijah came and prayed over him and brought him back to life. There's been some famous people here that have lived in Tyre and Sidon in this area. There is also, there's a lot of prophecies against uh, both cities of Tyre and Sidon. You can find them in Isaiah. You can find them in Jeremiah. You can find them in Ezekiel. You can find them in uh, Joel and Amos and uh, Zechariah. All of these prophesied the destruction of Tyre and Sidon. And it did come to pass. Nebuchadnezzar sieged Tyre in about 523 or 585 to 575 BC. Alexander the Great came into Tyre in 322 B.C. Artaxerxes at one time uh, had, uh, had uh, conquered Sidon and eventually the Roman Empire uh, took in both Tyre and Sidon. These are Gentile cities. Gentile cities. Can I remind you that Gentiles ate unclean food? <laughs> Gentiles ate food sacrificed to idols. Gentiles probably didn't wash their hands like the, like the commandments of the fathers. Uh, Gentiles worshipped other gods. They didn't keep the law. What am I saying? This is a Gentile nation. These are Gentile cities. What the Pharisees and what Israel and what Jew, uh, Judaism called unclean. So watch this. Jesus is going into an unclean area. He just got done 
explaining that it's the heart that is the issue, not the outward. That is the issue. And so this is the city that Jesus has chosen to travel to next, an unclean Gentile nation. And when he's here, if you notice verse 22, there's going to come a woman out to meet him here. Look at this verse 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Now, this is interesting. Again, this is a woman of Canaan. This is as, as, uh, as I believe it's over in, uh, I think it's over in Mark that says that she is a Syrophoenician. She's a Canaanite woman. And she comes to Jesus, this Gentile, and uh, she has a problem. She, has mercy, she says, have mercy on me. Why? For her daughter's sake. Her daughter has been possessed of demons for a long time. And in verse 22, the woman comes to the Lord with belief. Look what she calls him. Oh, Lord. She's, she's acknowledging, she's confessing the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. She calls him Lord. And not only that, she calls him the son of David. Now, this is really big. And we're going to take a little... We're going to take a little bit, not really a detour, but I, I, want to, I, want to, I want to focus on this here on the son of David. Over in 2 Samuel chapter 7, uh, David, if you remember, wants to build a permanent temple. And Nathan comes to him and he tells Nathan about it. And Nathan says, that's wonderful. The prophet Nathan, go, go for it. Go, go do it. And as Nathan is leaving the, the presence of David, uh, God comes to him and he says, tell David no. He's not building my temple. He's a bloody man. He's a man of war. His son will build my temple. So, so Nathan goes back and he tells David this, what God has said. And, uh, and I want you to notice something. Second uh, Samuel chapter 7. Look at verse 16. We're talking about the... the uh, 2 Samuel chapter, 12, uh, chapter 7. And look at, you see in verse 12, chapter 7, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. And when, the, when thy days be fulfilled and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. And he, uh, he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house, he's talking to David, this is God speaking to David, and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. The Davidic, the Davidic covenant. God is established here. That he's establishing the throne of David forever. This woman, this Canaanite woman calls Jesus the son of David. And remember, Jesus was born of Mary. Amen. I think we just went through that. Luke chapter 3. You see the Mary's lineage uh, uh, coming from David. And you see, you see the biological lineage of Jesus through his mother Mary. In Matthew chapter 1, you see the, the lineage from David to, to Joseph. And people might call this the, the legal attachment of Jesus to, to David. 
And, and this is really interesting to me because so, some Jews will say and come say, well, see, uh, Joseph, he wasn't connected by Joseph. But did you know at least until the time of, since the time of Ezra, the, 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 uh, uh, the Jewishness of an individual was determined by their mother, not their father. Now, no, no, the, the, the Aaronic priesthood and all of that thing were carried on by the father is patrilineal. There are other things, obviously land possessions and things that were patrilineal. But, but it was the, if you were to go to Israel today and say, I am a Jew and I need, I, I, I am uh, requesting to be a citizen of Israel, they would say, show us who your mother is. If your mother is a Jew, you're in. If your mother is not a Jew and your father is, you're not a Jew to them. Obviously, Jesus' mother is a Jew. She's connected to the line of David, right? Even if you want to argue the point that Joseph wasn't. So Jesus was, was fully connected to the lineage of David. Not only that, in Revelation twenty two sixteen, Jesus said that he is the root and the offspring of David. What is he saying? I am the creator and the creator and the descendant of David. I am both. Jesus has connected himself. The Bible has connected Jesus to the lineage of David. Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. The Bible says this. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. And a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our Righteousness. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Jehovah. You know, Jehovah of the Old Testament is Jesus. Our righteousness. The Messiah would be a descendant of David. Do you see what this unclean Gentile is proclaiming? Jesus as Messiah. Jesus is the Lord Messiah. This is what she's saying. She is proclaiming this. It's very interesting, actually, where she would come to this. But more interesting than that is the response of Jesus. Now, this is kind of mind-boggling at first. I mean, it just kind of seems rough. He says, but he answered her not a word, verse 23. And his disciples and came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Now you see here, she has gotten the, you, you, you see the sense of what's going on in, behind the scene here. She hasn't stopped. She's coming after them. It, the disciples says, they, they, you know, send her away. She keeps, she, she, she keeps calling out to you. She keeps calling for you. She keeps asking for you. She doesn't stop asking for you. And the disciples are saying, send her away. I don't know, maybe they're getting a little annoyed at it. Maybe, maybe they're getting a little frustrated with her. Maybe they're tired of listening. Don't, 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 don't miss this. There are some, there are some, um, uh, some Jewish racism going on here. I, I'm sure there's some of this here that they're not really excited that a Gentile is doing this. But at first he has no answer. Yeah. The disciples want her gone. But in verse 24... He gives a really interesting answer. Look what he says here. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
Hmm. I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You notice the first thing, I, I like this. It's kind of little, little tidbits in here. He's sent. Jesus said, I've been sent. That's what he's saying. Do you realize Jesus never removes himself from the authority of his Father? I've come to do thy will, O God. Right? I, I, he has been sent to what? Seek and to save that which is lost. His Father has sent him into the world. And we're sent as well. We're sent as well. Let, let us never remove ourselves from the authority of our Heavenly Father who has sent us. Even so, Jesus said, as the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Jesus said, I am, he is sent, amen. But he says, I am sent, but I, I am not sent but to the house, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is interesting because the question arises then, then why'd you go to Tyre and Sidon? If you're, if you're not sent to the Gentiles, why are you there? Now, some say it was to get out of the limelight, maybe be safe. Some say it was maybe to just get some rest. He's been ministering to the multitudes. He can't get away. And, and those are very, very likely and very possible. I wouldn't disagree with any of those. But regardless of why he's there, he's there. <laughs> and this woman is there in front of him beckoning him, begging him for him to do something for the need that she has. The lost house. He said, I'm not sent but into the lost house of the, of the house of uh, lost sheep of the house of Israel. Do you know this isn't a new description of Israel? Listen to Jeremiah 15 verse 6. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away from the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. Ezekiel 34, And I will set upon one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. Even my servant David, he shall feed them, and it shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken it. Mark 6, 34, And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. See, this Gentile woman is essentially calling him Messiah, but Jesus is clarifying something here. He's saying, but the Messiah is come to Israel. That sounds rough, doesn't it? <laughs> I thought he was for everybody. Now, hold on a minute. Don't miss this. Jesus is the Messiah to Israel. Absolutely. And Israel was to be a blessing to the Gentiles. God wasn't, there's, God was never just casting off Gentiles. Remember Romans? Israel was the vehicle for the gospel. That's what God intended from the beginning, to be a light into the Gentiles, and they rejected them. But that was his purpose. So what, is, what did he do? Well, he put them in the garage. He put them up. They'll come out of the tribulation and they'll have some discipline and God will correct them. But in the meantime, what, what do we have? What's the, what's the vehicle for the gospel today? The church of Jesus Christ. Jew and Gentile, all alike. Yeah, out, into the, out into the whosoever will, into the highways and the byways. Right? Into all the world preaching the gospel. Yeah. 
He is the Messiah to Israel. Listen to Romans 15. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision, that's Israel, for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written for this cause, I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him with all ye people. And again, Isaiah saith, saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles in him shall the Gentiles trust. Watch this, please. Jesus is not presenting himself as the Messiah to this woman or to any other Gentile because once he has finished his work of redemption, his disciples will carry the, the gospel to the Gentiles. No, he's got, to, he's got to do what he's called to do. He's got to do what he was sent to do. He is the, he is the seed of the woman that was promised from Genesis 3.15 to the, be the Messiah, to, to shed the atoning blood for the sins of the whole world. This is what his job is right now. Maybe the, maybe, the, maybe the disciples are like, what's he doing? Well, hey, he's just establishing here. No. This, things aren't out of order. They're, they're just, they're right in order here. Yeah. I'm the Messiah. Watch, but I'm, I'm not really her Messiah. <laughs> what? No, it doesn't mean that God isn't going to go after Gentiles, obviously. Praise the Lord, here we are today. Yeah. He, was just said, he was just clarifying a couple things. But verse 26, he's going to create a greater separation. Yeah. Look what he says. Look at, well, verse 25, Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, no son of David, Lord, help me. Don't you love short prayers? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there's nothing more challenging to your Christianity and faith than when somebody takes 20 minutes to pray over lunch. It's like, come on, <laughs> get right at home, would you please? <laughs> Let's just eat, All right? Lord, help me. Lord, bless the food. Thank you for it. Amen. Let's eat. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Wow. Looks like more separation. Pretty rough. Pretty rough. But do you know what I know? And I know you know what I know. Jesus is God. Amen. He is all-knowing. He is, he is omniscient. And Jesus knows all things. And He knows everything about this woman. He knew everything about her before He spoke the world into existence. He knew He was going to have this, this uh, interaction with her. Can I re uh, remember back over in John chapter 6? This was pointed out to me a while back. And, and, I, and I love this. I, I agree with the individual Remember, Jesus was there before the multitude and he asked, the, he asked Philip, uh, how are we going to feed them? <laughs> how are we going to feed them? Right? And in verse 6 it says this, and he said this, to, and, and, and this he said to prove him. Jesus said this to Philip to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. 
Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He was testing. See what he's doing to this woman? He's creating a separation. He's establishing maybe to the disciples that he is the Messiah of Israel. And this is a Gentile woman. And he's putting separation and separation and separation. But I think what Jesus is doing to this woman is twofold. Yeah. Confirming to his disciples what he's come to do. But watch this. Number two, he's working in the heart and life of this Syrophoenician woman. This Gentile, this dog, he's working in her life. Listen to what Warren Worsby says. He said, keep in mind that our Lord responded to this woman as he did, not to destroy her faith, but to develop it. Her own replies showed that she was growing in faith and unwilling to let go without getting an answer. Look at verse 27. Just a relentless dependence upon Jesus. Verse 26 said, It's not me to, get, to, to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Look what she said. Truth, Lord. <laughs> wow, no argument here. You're right. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. You know, there's different types of dogs, right? There are dogs that are like wolves, pretty ferocious, pretty nasty. They run in packs. They attack things. They kill things, right? Coyotes out here, things like that. You got to shoot them. Yeah. But this word dog here, this is a dog for a domesticated dog. It wasn't talking about pack animals, like the coyote or the wild dogs or anything like that. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a domesticated dog that would have a little puppy dog. That this is the word here that would have sat under the table. And waiting for crumbs. It is amazing to me how long we've had domesticated animals. It is amazing to me how some things in human nature don't change. Kids are still scraping their plate on the floor by accident. And dogs are still helping them out. (laughs) She said, truth, Lord. No, you're right. It's not right to take food from your kids and give it to a dog. You're right. But, but, (laughs) I like this. The dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. I can't get over her response. She has belief. She believes. She said, truth, Lord. She believes Jesus. She's already acknowledged his deity. She's already acknowledged he's the son of David, his Messiahship. Jesus has tried to maybe, uh, for a purpose, always for to put a a, put a wedge and to to put a gap between him and her, and she won't let him do it. And she comes with belief. True, Lord, you're right. She has humility. Humility. She said the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. What is she saying? Well, fine, if I'm a dog, I'm a dog. That's okay. You tell somebody, well, you're, well, you're a sinner. <gasps> Don't tell me I'm a sinner. No, no, I am. It's humility. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the Word of God says there's none righteous, no, not one. You said, yep, that's me. 
What is it? It's humility. Do you know how many people stumble over salvation and stumble over grace because of a lack of humility? They just won't agree with God of their condition. She has belief. She has humility. She has yieldedness. Look what she's called him. Two things she's called him in this verse. Lord and Master. That's a yieldedness. Such dependence. What a beautiful response. What a beautiful response. She said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She would not let him go. Even though it seemed like Jesus was putting a space between them, she said, Oh no, I'm still staying close. You see the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 28? He said unto her, Oh woman, do you know, I believe the word O, whether it's spelled O or O-H, is one of the deepest expressions of the human heart in the English language. O. Think about how that word is used. Do you, do you like cake? Yeah, I like cake. Do you like double chocolate cake with sprinkles? Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> what a, it is a deep expression. Yeah. He said, oh, woman, great is thy faith. Great is thy faith. Hebrews eleven six tells us, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's exactly what she's doing. That's what she's doing. And then what happened? She, she got what she came for. You see this? O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. Yeah. The Bible says her daughter was healed that very hour. It's exactly what she came for. Samuel Rutherford, who was, was he Scottish or Irish, very big constitutionalist, wrote uh, Lex Rex, Rex, Lex, Lex, Rex. I always mess that up. Uh, Rex, Lex, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I always mix this up. Should have wrote it down, was I should have done. Listen to what Rutherford said. It, it is faith's work to claim and challenge loving kindness out of all the roughest strokes of God. Mm. It is faith's work to claim and challenge loving kindness out of all of the roughest strokes of God. Do you know what the disciples needed to learn here, I believe? Yes, Jesus is the Lord. They knew that. Yes, he's the son of David. They believed that. Yes, he's the Messiah of Israel. They, they understood that. But I think greater than that, the sole reason he came, these disciples needed to see that it is not ceremonial laws. It is not man-made declarations of clean and unclean that really matter to God. What the disciples needed to see is the persistent humility 
and faith of an unclean Gentile woman that gets the attention of God. Can I remind you, faith is measured in length, not in weight or amounts. They, what, died in faith. Do you see here? This faith was in length. She never stopped. She never stopped. Luke 17, 6, and the Lord said, remember the disciples said, Lord, uh, increase our faith. It says the apostle said, increase our faith. In verse 6 of Luke 17, the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say in the sycamine tree, be thou removed and cast into, uh, and, and be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. Faith. That's what they needed to see. This ceremonially, ceremonially unclean Gentile woman got what she asked of God. I love that. Believing, humble, persistent faith. Question for you tonight. Is there anything you've stopped praying for? Maybe a child. Maybe a parent. Maybe a loved one. Maybe some personal deliverance that you need in your own life. Have you stopped? You know what got Jesus' attention? This woman who had faith wouldn't let him go. The humility, the persistence, the belief. Do you remember Abraham? Of course you do. It's a pretty common name. But remember when he had come before Jesus, this Christophany here, And uh, he had told him he was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham came and he said, "Um, remember, for 50 righteous souls, would you spare the city? And the Lord said, yeah, for 50 righteous souls. And he began the countdown, right? 40, 30, 20, 10. Every time, oh, oh, I'm sorry, just one more, wait, wait. Oh, I'm sorry, wait. Uh, This is the last time. Okay, one more time. And the whole time, The Lord said, yes, 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 yes. The faith, length, length. Watch this, watch this, watch, watch, watch. You know what stopped Abraham from asking to lower the number? The Bible says the Lord walked away. Abraham really may not have been done. But Lord said, Wait, he said yes to every one of them. Every one of the, everything that Abraham asked for, he said yes. Yeah. But at 10, you go look it up. The Bible says he, walked, he said 10, yes, 10 righteous souls, and the Lord walked away. That's when God was done. Listen to that. Whatever you've left off praying for, you might need to pick it up again and not let go until God walks away. Persistent, humble, Believing faith. Oh, woman, great is thy faith. That's what gets God's attention. Do you have his attention tonight? You can. Absolutely you can.
Do you have needs tonight? Oh yeah, we all have needs tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would you get back into the business of by faith living in the presence, persistent presence of God? If you're willing, he's able. Absolutely he is. Father, thank you tonight. I just want to acknowledge tonight that we need you. We need thee. At every point, Lord, we need you. Father, there may be somebody in here tonight that has a need that maybe they've left off. Maybe it's been so long and it seems like, well, there's no point. Life's gotten busy and they've forgotten about it. And Lord, maybe you're just waiting for the persistence and the humility and the belief and the faith. Lord, we just pray that whatever the needs are tonight, God, that uh, we would just get back to relying on you. Whatever work you need to do in the hearts of your people tonight, whatever encouragement they need, maybe tonight they just need to put a stake down and put a, a stake in the ground and just get back to the, to the place of prayer. We thank you for this tonight. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The invitation is going to play. It's open. The instrument's going to play. You spend some time with the Lord now, would you? You may. Have God spoken to you? Are you still holding on to the throne of grace? Are you still petitioning the Lord? Are you still in humility? Depending upon Him? Looking to Him? Persistent? finish praying, you, you, just, you can go ahead and stand and we'll be dismissed after hearing just a little bit. dismissed in a word of prayer here in just a little bit and we'll get to see everybody out and uh, have a great week we'll see you Wednesday night Lord willing